0: Hello and welcome to episode 208 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can find out more at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. There'll be more about the sponsors during the show, and you can always find links to all of the sponsors and anything spoken about today on the podcast in your show notes. Today I'm speaking with Hannah. She's 25 years old and has had type 1 diabetes for over a decade. And just recently her 51-year-old mother was diagnosed. This is just a really good, comfortable conversation. It goes in a couple of different directions. It's funny, it's lighthearted. Hannah shares some things that she doesn't like. Actually there's some things I think she hates, which is why this episode is called Hannah Hates Everything. Please remember that nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan or being bold with insulin. So Arden's in high school now. right? And they're on these block days. By the way, we're recording out a high. Okay, great. <laughs> they're on these block days now, and the schedule changes like every day. And and sometimes she has two block like classes that split in the middle and you leave for lunch. And she's still trying to figure the whole thing out. Right. So a few minutes ago, I get, hey, lunch is in like seven minutes. And I said, okay, do 10 and a half units, extend that. Let's do 20% now, do the rest over an hour. And I was like, and look for another... Uh, text maybe during lunch because we might need a little more insulin. And that was all I heard. Okay. Five, ten minutes later I get this text. Oh, shit. Which, by the way, I can't say <laughs> on the podcast so I'll have to bleep that out. Edit. Dad, I'm wrong. <laughs> lunch isn't soon. I got my times mixed up. <sighs>
1: Oh, no. And she already
0: bolus? Well, but we did an extended bolus. So she only okay. put in 20% of 10 and a half units. So I'm going to say t- two units. Two, yeah. Right. And her blood sugar is 125 right now. Two units okay. is too much for 125. So I was like, cancel the extended bolus. And she's like, <laughs> lunch isn't for like a half an hour. I said, let's temp basil off for a half an hour. I This might catch it. It probably isn't going to. And she might need juice before lunch. Right. But... I was just, I laughed because of the, oh, you know. Yeah, that
1: is actually really funny. (laughs) The the panic sets in and you're like, I have no idea what to do.
0: Well, and and she's having (laughs) such a tough time. Not a tough time, but it's such a a different thing for her. Life has just changed a lot in high school. Because the other day, she got a little low in the morning. And by a little low, I mean she was like 74 and she was sort of like just sitting there. Right. And I thought, this is fine. Like, we'll live with this. And I lost track of when lunch was. So she goes from <laughs> seventy four to diagonal up to eighty to eighty five. I was like, oh. So I start thinking, man, I might have to bolus before lunch. Then all of a sudden, it's ninety and ninety five, and I'm like, I'm texting. I'm like, Arden, Arden, Arden. Arden? She's not answering. Not answering. Like fifteen minutes goes by. She's one ten. She's one fifteen. And I and I say, uh, I finally like send like a like a loud tone. I'm like, oh my god, is she in lunch? And I'm like, hey, and I get this text back. She goes, oh, I forgot the bolus.
1: Oh, my goodness. And
0: I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, w- when's lunch? She's like, <laughs> lunch is over.
1: <laughs> oh, like, so she completely ate everything and just never.
0: Yes, the very first time in her, I, I swear to you, in her life. Uh, we've all done it. Oh, no, absolutely. I've right? done it. <laughs> she just sat down and she noshed away. And it was, she just, yeah. and, and so I did this um, I over I added a temp, basil, but here was the, the, the irritating, not the irritating part, but the, the part that made it worse. As this was all happening, I was sitting down in the dentist chair for two and a half hour procedure. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm now like loading her up with insulin. She's walking back to class and I'm saying to my dentist, listen, I'm, you're going to see me raise my wrist up every once in a while to look at my watch. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind. I might have to text during this. <laughs> I swear God, and it worked out great actually during that i mean try to imagine she ate a full meal and people who listened right. Arden was eating sandwiches and chips and cookies and fruit and like all kinds of carbs and so her blood sugar went from that 74 to 285 wow and i actually got it to come back and lay down at 130 in less than two hours
1: that's impressive.
0: Ah, thank you very much. And, but, but here was the really great takeaway from it. Don't worry, this won't take away from your uh, your interview. Oh, I don't care. What was really great about it was, I know this sounds crazy, but I got to see how her blood sugar acted with the meal without the insulin. Right. And so I really looked hard at that graph, and I was like, oh, it, it helped me understand how to extend boluses out better and where the insulin needed to go in to sort of match when the blood sugar tried Peak. to not. It was really great. Yeah. I was actually happy it happened.
1: Interesting. Most of us don't say that after.
2: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> it, it's all perspective. You really, yeah, you know, true. if you've listened at all, like, and I know you do, but you you can't think of these things as mistakes and you have to you have to think of them as data. So I just thought, right. okay, I handled it. Now, what can I learn from this? Right. I think it's a reverse engineered uh look at what I try to explain to people, which is you have to look at the data to decide what to do next and you can't. So I had a mistake, obviously. We it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty egregious one in the world of diabetes, <laughs> like not taking insulin for food. Um and it's still, it just offered so much back if you can, can kind of control your emotions and not like devolve into like a puddle on the floor going, I'm a, you know, you know. Right, freak out. Yeah, we screwed up, <laughs> we freaked out and messed this up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, six minutes way. in, go ahead and introduce yourself. Dancing for Diabetes' mission is to spread awareness through the art of dance, to better educate the community, raise funds to find a cure and inspire those with diabetes to live healthy and active lives. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and at dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com.
1: I'm Hannah. I am 25 years old, and I've been a type 1 diabetic since I was 11. So almost half my life now. Well, over half my life.
0: I like how you were like 11, like I think I was 11, I'm pretty sure.
1: It was like right before my 12th birthday, so I say I was 11, but
0: it's kind of cheating. It's not cheating. So, so, okay, hold on, I'll do the math for myself, 13 years, and, um, and you have more than that like going on, so like we'll get to everything, but tell me a little bit first about, by the way, at this point now when people come on, if you don't have like multiple stories around diabetes
1: boring. Super boring. (laughs) I think I am boring. But I mean, new things happen all the time. And um, I've done a lot of different things. So my struggle with diabetes has been different. Um, Just because I've gone from, obviously, I was in sixth grade when I was diagnosed middle school, high school, I did four years of college, I came home for six months, then I did 18 months of master's, I'm working on my master's degree. And now I'm entering my second year of working in the workforce.
0: Yeah, you're like a real person. You did a whole bunch of
1: stuff. <laughs> Been all over the place.
0: No kidding. You said Masters, and I was like, oh, she's a pro golfer.
1: Um, no, I wish. That would be cooler, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know nothing about golf. I've never watched a golf, uh, Would you call really? it, tournament, a match of my life, and yet when yeah. you said Masters, I was like, oh, the green jackets.
1: Oh, um, yeah, that one. <laughs> no, different. I do work at a golf course now. Um, Are I work you? in the event side. Yeah, so I do like the events at, at a country club. Um, but I am not a good golfer.
0: Can you imagine the <laughs> randomness of this podcast? I, I did not know that about you. And I yep. still, to this moment, don't know why the word masters made me think of golf.
1: I don't know. I, it was meant to be apparently.
0: Do you know what I just learned here? I'm so good at this that even when I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> I still know what I'm doing. It's fascinating.
1: There you go. Yeah. I agree.
0: I wonder how many people <laughs> won't hear the sarcasm in my statement. Later I will get a review. It's like, this guy's so full of himself. He thought, Whatever. <laughs> so, okay, so let's, we'll unpack a little bit, right? So uh, sure. t- 11, 12 years old, diagnosed. I find that to be an interesting time because yes. I'm assuming you're just about to get your period for the first time had in, if you hadn't already just gotten it in that
1: t- I Yeah, I hadn't gotten it. I got it about a year later when I was in seventh grade. Um, so it was hit, I got type 1 diabetes as puberty was sort of beginning. Um, I don't know how that differs from people who aren't in puberty, but um, it was an interesting time. I feel, I look back and I feel lucky because I had my full parent support. Um, it wasn't the worst time because I've now lived longer with it than I have without. So I feel like I've been able to cope
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I know no different right now. So, I mean, I see the positive.
0: Cool. I was just wondering because I think. Everyone had is dead. What happened? Were you alright? Like, yeah, there was a loud noise on your end.
1: Oh, sorry. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I um, have new I just got the new iPhone, so I'm I don't actually know what I'm doing.
0: Are you so you using Skype with your iPhone and like just a uh, Headphones. Yeah. Are they wired or, or AirPods?
1: They're wired. Sounds great. Oh, good.
0: This is for I'm everybody sorry. else who's listening. Don't be sorry. <laughs> um, sometimes the the wired headphone though can like hit your clothing and make a noise. Like that's Oh, got it. Probably what it was. Anyway, um, I first of all, I think it's incredibly interesting because you're probably honeymooning as you're diagnosed, and then puberty begins and it changes things. But you didn't really know it changed things because right. it's right when you started, so there was no difference for you. Whereas people who have uh, little kids. Who, you know, I always find it interesting when someone's like, Mike, you know, here's my kid's graph. He's eight. Look how easy this is. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it is, but, and and well done and all, but like, it's going to get harder, you know, more, there's going to be more like moving pieces at some point. It's just, you didn't get to see it with the, the you you didn't get the training wheels version of diabetes. You got the like, plus I wanted to prove that I could say period without being uncomfortable. Uh Because I yeah, got,
1: it's not a big deal. I, I got feedback
0: from someone. I, 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 and, and she was like, I, apparently I say lady time a lot um, because I find that amusing. <laughs> but apparently everyone doesn't find that amusing. So I got this note the other day. I used the word period in a podcast. And I get this like two-sentence note from a person who's just like, hey, well done using the word period today in the podcast instead of lady time. And I was like, I didn't know that bothered people. So I'm very sorry. Interesting. I, yeah, I didn't know. Um And I I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? I can't, I can't, I'm trying, I'm really trying. Well, we did
1: it, you used it and we moved on.
0: I'm feeling pretty good about it, yeah. But so, okay, so you start out 13 years ago, that's right on the edge. Did you have early CGM technology or how did you start? Nope. No.
1: Um, I started with needles in the hospital and I actually did that for about two years, just solely um, finger pricking and needles. How did that go? Um, I don't have like horrid memory memories of it. Like it was okay. Um, I didn't know any better. I didn't know there were other things to offer. I didn't get a great education in the hospital. Um, but like I said, what they taught me was all we know, we knew. So my dad had to overcome his fear of needles pretty quickly. So that was probably the biggest hurdle and like the one that I actually remember. Um, but after that, my parents only did my shots for a couple months and then I kind of just took over and they would help with like the math, but I just started kind of doing everything myself.
0: You giving yourself the insulin. Was that, do you feel like that was your decision or was it them trying to be like, hey, you really need to do this? Do you remember?
1: No, it was, it was definitely not them pushing it off on me. It was definitely more of like, I can do this. so I'm going to do this. Um, I had a very sheltered upbringing. Um, I still am very sheltered on that on that end. Um, but they definitely did not force me to do that. It was definitely my decision.
0: Tell me how you were sheltered. If you, if you can, like, give me one great example. I'll give, let me give you one. I believe, my, okay. I believe my wife was sheltered growing up when I met, okay. when I met her and we were, you know, older. I, one day, this was a very nice day. I said to her, I'm like, let's go to the park. And she said, okay. And I picked her up at her house and I drove to this park that was in the town we grew up in. And she's like, I didn't know this was here. It was like a mile from our home. What do you mean? She's like, our parents don't let us drive this direction. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, like we only only (laughs) lived in a very small place. There was only a couple of directions you could go. How were you sheltered?
1: Um, I think this story is funny. So um, after I was diagnosed, I still played soccer. I did all of that. And at one practice, my blood sugar was just really high. So my parents are like, sit out. Um, Let's try to like drink water and try to get it down. So I was sitting out, and one of my soccer friends came over and said, "Why are you sitting out? Are you okay?" And I was like oh, I'm so high, I have to sit out. And she started laughing, and I was like, why is this so funny? And she was like, oh, I thought you were talking about like pot, like you would smoke so much pot. And I was like, I don't even know what pot is. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just high. (laughs) And I kept saying it, and my parents had to be like, no, like, she thinks it's something else. It just, it never clicked for me, because I had no idea what that
0: was. I see. Okay, well, I think that's a good kind of shelter.
1: Just one. Yeah, no, that's a good one, but just in general, I'm the oldest of three girls, so... Everything was new to my parents um, with me, and now I see my eighteen-year-old sister, and I'm like, "Oh, I never would have done that, or known that, or any of that."
0: So common for like a family that's spread out over a a few kids. Like right, yeah, the first one, you're like, "Don't touch that, don't do that." Like by your second kid, you know, you're dropping the pacifier on the ground, and there's like stuff stuck to it. and You're like wiping it on your shirt and licking it, you know, and handing it back to the kid. Like here, this is completely clean now. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Very true.
0: Here, that's so cool. So, okay, so you have two younger sisters. I have two younger sisters. Is there any um, other endocrine issues in your family?
1: No, there's none on either side or within my immediate family. Well, well, there is now. When I was diagnosed, there was nothing. Okay, it was very random.
0: But someone since you were, <laughs> yeah.
1: Just you? So two almost two years ago, um, my mom was diagnosed with type one diabetes. 51.
0: See, see, people, you got to come hard to <laughs> if you want to be on the podcast. Um, and so you're wow. So, your mom did she get a straight diagnosis or was it a confusing time? I don't want to do uh, to much of her story.
1: No, yeah, I don't want to. Well, I can tell her story because it's it's I understand it, but she um got really sick and started losing like a ton of weight where everybody was like, Oh my god, he looks so good, he looks so good, and like she had been exercising and stuff to give her credit, but. Um, she became like super lethargic which, which obviously wasn't like her. She was drinking a bunch of like normal water liquid and she's not like a water drinker. And my dad and I never saw the signs, which is so weird to say, but I think it was so long ago that I was diagnosed. We weren't really looking for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so she got like really sick and my dad took her to the urgent care. Um, and then they sent her straight to the ER and it was kind of confusing because we all kind of assumed it would be type two. Um, just because she is a little older, she's a little bit overweight, and she's had like those signs, but um, it's full-blown type one diabetes.
0: And, and uh, so we'll, we'll get back to mom in a little bit. So you, yeah, sure. Yeah. So so you're taking care of yourself back when you were 13. I'm like pulp fictioning mm-hmm. this today. Like what? Well, John, John Travolta's <laughs> dead. Then he's alive. I'm going back and forth, but that's okay. I'm feeling it. My daughter Arden is about to turn 15 years old, and she's been using the Omnipod insulin management system since she was 4 years old. If you have diabetes and your body requires insulin, you need to know about the Omnipod. It can make your diabetes a smaller and more manageable part of your life. People with type 1 or insulin dependent type 2 diabetes, along with caregivers of both children and adults, are choosing pod therapy as a simple, smart, and discreet way to control their insulin and manage their diabetes. With the Omnipod, you have a proven, reliable insulin management system that can provide up to 72 hours of continuous insulin delivery. And it all starts with a tubeless, wearable pod that is waterproof and discreet. Controlled by Omnipod's personal diabetes manager, you can accomplish everyday tasks like carb counting, bolusing, basal increases and decreases, and much more. The best part is you don't have to take my word for it. You can go to myomnipod.com com forward slash juice box or click on the links in your show notes. And when you do, Omnipod will send you out a free, no obligation demonstration pod. You'll be able to try it on, wear it, and see what you think. Then you'll be able to decide if that guy on the podcast told me the truth or not. I did, by the way. But it's better if you get to see it for yourself. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Try it today. You will not be sorry. Arden has been using the Omnipod for 11 years. It is an incredible tool and at the core of how we manage her health and happiness. Plus the demo is free and there's no obligation. So what do you have to lose? You're in middle school, getting ready to go into high school with diabetes. Did you have a comfortable time in school or was it an issue or how did it go?
1: Well, I was in public school through eighth grade, um, so they had like the public school nurse that would come around once in a while, um, and every day I was supposed to go to the nurse's lounge to um, test, and then I was supposed to write my number in this book, and then I would do whatever I needed to there, and I'd go back to lunch. But I learned really quickly, nobody really cares or would check up on it, so I would go like every Friday and just write in random numbers for the week and kind of do everything myself at the lunch table. Um, So very little supervision on that end. Um, I didn't have a phone, so it's not like I would call my parents and say, how much insulin should I take? Or, you know, I wasn't asking those questions. Um, (laughs) So it really was up to me to see what I was going to eat and then give myself that insulin shot.
0: How were your outcomes?
1: They weren't awful, but they weren't great either. Um, Like my A1C probably sat around a 7.58 most of my, like through probably through high school. Like that was normal for me.
0: That's incredibly successful for a person a, a kid by themselves with <laughs> yeah. needles and a meter, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't awful. I mean, I hear like you and other people on the podcast talk about like 6 A1Cs and I'm like that's crazy. I never would have been able to do that when I was that age, sure. but it's I look back and I'm also like, wow, I was, literally had a vial of insulin, a needle and a blood sugar um I can't remember I mean, what it's called. A meter. A meter. There you go. I don't. I use it so so infrequently now. I don't even know what it is. But yeah, very very different times.
0: Yeah, you're you were a low tech diabetes person for a long time. Yeah. Just, just very very low tech. Just even just carrying your like not even a <laughs> pen. You were just like here. Nope. That's how Arden did it. We carried a vial of insulin with us and needles. Yeah. And that was that was what we did. And we had this little tiny meter. That looking back on it now, look I mean, it looked like it came out of like a diabetes bubblegum machine. <laughs> like I put really? two, like I put two quarters in and I was like click, 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 oh look what we got, a little meter. It just it was I, it couldn't have been accurate.
1: <laughs> that's really interesting. Ridiculous, right?
0: <laughs> um, but but that's really I think that's amazing and I'll tell you why. Because you you sort of took it over early on. You were like, Look, I can do this, let me do it. And your parents let it happen. Your, yeah. your health was reasonable. Did you have any crazy lows?
1: I mean, I would go low, but it would, was normally at like swim practice or soccer practice. That's what I remember most.
0: Did you see that as just the cost of doing business? Like like I get low at swim. That's what happens?
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: 100%. Okay. You didn't consider like, wow, I bet you there's something we could be. And I'm not judging you. I don't mm-hmm. think you should have no. been able to, but you didn't. See no, yeah, that. I get that. Yeah, nope. yeah.
1: Nothing like that.
0: And so that's the lack of, I mean, I would think that's the lack of data, right? Like For yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, how do you make decisions like that if you can't see anything?
1: I don't know. I look back and I'm like, I I don't think myself or my parents 100% knew exactly what we were doing or how serious um, everything I was doing was. Because mm-hmm. we were kind of just flying by the seat of our pants, but that was normal. So I didn't know it was. Does that make sense? No, it, it, was...
0: it, no, it absolutely does. I think it's... um. Even though it's not that long ago, it's very common. It's incredibly common, even in the yeah. in the r- more rapid acting insulin age. It just it's you're blind, right? You just, mm-hmm. you just think, oh, I'll count these carbs and I'll put this insulin in and we'll see what happens. And you know, oh, that's Hannah. She gets her blood sugar gets on <laughs> while we're swimming. She'll she'll eat something and be back in fifteen minutes. Like
1: that's, that's exactly like, what it was. Yeah, the coach knew. I knew. I kind of liked it because that I got to get out of practice and like. <laughs> chill and sit and have a snack. And like, I enjoyed that. So I don't think I would have even wanted to fix it. I mean, I'm sure my parents would have, but like, to me, that's just what happened every day. And yeah. that I would go do that
0: your diabetes was like a break from like (laughs) from swimming. You're like, I just can't. Exactly. You know, I
1: hated it. I hated it. I hated competitive swimming. So to me, it was like a reward.
0: So tell me about that a little bit. You did this, but you didn't like it. Why? Was it something you had always done where your parents like, you're good at it. Keep going. Like what was the,
1: no, I wasn't particularly good at it. My (laughs) mom, my mom and her sisters grew up um, competitively swimming. Um, so she put us all in it. So we did it and I did it through like, my sophomore year of high school, but I was also competitively playing soccer, which was much more serious. So I would never go to swim practice. Did you like the soccer? um, No, like I have regrets. I wish I didn't play soccer that competitively, but it was fine. And I I did it. (laughs) I have a lot of weird feelings about the whole, like how competitive youth sports are. If you want my thoughts on that. No, I I do. and
0: And let me tell you why. Right. So, my son started playing baseball when he was three. Okay, and now today he's a freshman in college and he plays baseball at his college. Which is great. And Arden started, and he he, it's such a part of who he is. It's in, it's it's part of the fabric of who he is. Right. And Arden started playing softball when she was, I don't know, five, and was and is markedly good at it. Like, I think mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't be a problem for Arden to play softball in college at some point in her, in her future. Sure. But she's at this point now, I mean, she's 14, and she starts saying, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I was like, okay, well, m- you know, we're not going to, you know, make you do something. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. What we have said is, you need to be active in something. Right, like your life can't be yeah. Your life can't be school and Netflix. Like we're not going to be we're not going to be okay with that. Um, unless you're going to run in place while you're watching the Netflix, that'll be okay. And so just we're trying. To, well, yeah, people standing <laughs> just a treadmill with a, a laptop. I'm like, here you go. By the way, that would make my life so much easier. But but she but so you know she, I just sit around like whenever you can think of something else that you'd like to replace softball with, so that you're moving and you're active, and you're social, and you, you know, like, just tell me what that thing is, and I'd be happy for you to do it. It doesn't matter to me. I'll, like, I'll take you to the gym if you want to go to the gym. You know, like, like it doesn't matter. Right. And then she's like, oh, I'll just play softball. But you know, like, and that happens, like, year upon year. And then, and then, you know, when she was 12, her and her team were, I think, two wins away from going to the Little League World Series. Like, they were wow. like, good, you know. And then you keep playing, and and then you move on to different teams and you're, and you're doing all this stuff. And recently, again, she was like, I don't – she's like, I don't want to play softball. And I was like, well, don't – I said, well, then don't play softball. Just tell me something else you're going to do. I'm like, you have type 1 diabetes. Like you have to understand that activity needs to be a part of your daily routine or your weekly schedule. Like it can't just right. – it can't be an afterthought. And besides that, Hannah, and you might as a young girl know this better than anybody, there's a lot of – there's a lot more sexuality around young girls than I expected growing up and that I didn't see because I had a son the first time. And I don't mean my daughter, but I mean the people tangentially related to her and some of the people she knows are way more active and it's, it's, it's concerning as a parent. Like, so part of me wants her busy doing things. Right. And I'm much happier to think that she's busy doing them with a bunch of other girls. And, and, and (laughs) right. Instead of like, the opposite of like, you know, some aggro boy who's 14 and he's like, Hey, come here. Yeah. Do you want to kiss me? Um, <laughs> I would rather. And by the way, if one of the girls tries to kiss her, again, that seems better to me <laughs> than if a boy tries, right? But, 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 the, but the point is, is that I just want her to stay active, right? Right. And, and then I watch her play. And unlike you in swimming, and I'm sorry, Arden's <laughs> really good at softball. Right, and so I have this weird parenting feeling where I think, at what point is it incumbent upon me to just tell her, "Okay, quit and find something else"? If if this is how it, if, if this is how you think of it, and at what point is it not responsible of me to let her walk away from something that she is so good at that could really propel her in different directions before she knows exactly how she feels about it? Because, and hold on one second, because now I have to do the lunch bowls. Now we can bolus, (laughs) she says. Um, Okay. Uh, So she must have got two units. So bolus 8.5 extend. the Two units has got to be in already because she went from 121 to 114. So let's do 0% now and the rest over an hour. That way this whole eight and a half will go in over the next 30 minutes. The twos got the two's gotta be in there being a pre bolus already. Uh hold basil back on. This is gonna be a mess, and If I can get this, done, I'm gonna be pretty impressed with myself. Um so 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 that so that's the other side of it, right? Like is you know, like if you were incredibly good at math. And you told your mom in like your junior year of high school, like, I don't like math. I might be like, well, too bad, Hannah, keep taking math because it's a really great skill and you excel at it. And you might then later come back to me in your mid-20s and go, thank God you kept me in math because, you know, as I mature, etc. So like I'm stuck in that space. And I start talking to other parents with girls at this age. And I tell them this kind of story in a way that makes me think like I'm going to be the only one saying it. And I have not yet met one person who hasn't told me, oh, my daughter complains about softball constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. So they're all complaining about, wait a minute. It's a teenage thing. Well, that's what I'm. Preteen. Right. Like, is this just a where she is in her life situation? And so do I have to like, so I'm just sticking with the look. You keep doing this until you can find something else to replace it with.
1: I think that's great. I think
2: that's,
1: yeah, I do. Cause if she really doesn't like it, she's going to find something else, but it doesn't seem like there's a big rush. So she obviously enjoys it to some extent.
0: I say that. I'm like, you're smiling and laughing and doing great. And she goes, no, I'm not. I'm like, why are you being
1: difficult? (laughs) I don't, I, I think that's just a girl preteen
0: teen teen thing. I hope so. The other night, she's talking to me yesterday about something and being really harsh to me. And I said, listen, I'm already married to your mom. I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't need you doing this too. You know, like I, I have enough people policing my thoughts and actions. Like maybe you can yeah. leave me alone.
1: <laughs> you better get used to it cuz it's just starting. <laughs> I told her I was like
0: get older, find a boy and ruin his life, but leave me uh, alone.
1: <laughs> find someone else. Yeah. My dad did it 3 times. I don't know how he did it.
0: Oh my um, god. Yeah, he's probably but, he's yeah. probably either just checked out or a very strong guy, one or the other. Do you ever notice him (laughs) staring through you all? Like, I don't really hear you. (laughs)
1: He he doesn't hear us. Actually, he's really good at tuning my mom out. And it's a big where I was like, you don't listen. You don't listen. He's like, I don't know. Sorry, but it's his coping mechanism (laughs) for sure. No, it for sure is. And I, I realize it now, but when I was growing up, like, you're not listening to me, but. It was
0: Your dad yeah. somewhere going, I'm keeping my family together, and the way I'm doing it is by not <laughs> listening to them.
1: <laughs> no, he's very patient. That's I think that's what's got him so
0: far. That's very nice. So, okay, so you, so you have real so – tell me a little more. Like, you played soccer, but you didn't enjoy it.
1: Uh, but I never – I knew I di- wasn't enjoying it, but it was never a question. Nobody was like, hey, you still like it? You want to do it this season? It was like I played competitively, the team was good, and I just stayed with the same team from – think I was like nine until I was 17. Um, so it was never like a question of, oh, you're going to leave the team. It was always like, we do the same thing year after
0: year. Gotcha. Did you feel like if you left those other girls would not treat you well?
1: No, I wasn't even really so worried about that. I never, it never even left my mind that I would not play. If that makes sense. Like yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing to th- look back on.
0: So when you look back, though, you like if if the, the you you are today was back then, you'd be telling that girl, "Hey, you got to get out of this."
1: Oh yeah, I I wouldn't have survived that long. I'm a very different person, a lot more vocal. Just I mean, obviously it's sure. different than I was at 15. Um, but whenever it comes up, or my parents and I are in the car and we drive by like a little soccer game, I'm always like, "Oh my god, those days!" And they kind of do the same thing. They're like. Oh man, what a time. Like they see it cuz my dad was so wrapped up in it. He was part of the club. Like it was just who we were. It was so part of my identity. It never would have left.
0: I don't have that going on. I'm the guy who's slightly off to the side complaining for 3 <laughs> hours. Like just to anyone to listen. Like this is how it starts. We pull up at a field. The first thing I say is, "Oh, where are we now?" What hellhole have we found ourselves in this time? last time, by the way 2 weeks ago it was a field next to where they parked the trash trucks for this town that we were in. oh great i was like you have to be kidding me and, and <laughs> like you know and then they're playing and i i see i always have the opposite effect i'm like this is meaningless like who cares if they win or if they lose like i care about like for me sports is repetition when you're learning it like you just need to right. do it it doesn't matter if you win or you lose or what happens i don't care about any of that i just think you need to play and and at the same time, I don't want to drive more than 20 minutes to do it. Once I'm outside of a <laughs> 20 minute window, I'm like, what are we doing? Where are we going? Yeah. Like, if I have to get up early on a Saturday, I'm just like, what, are, what is wrong with the people who schedule this? Like, do they have no life? Do they not like sleeping? I would like to sleep. It, it, you know, it's a very. I'm <laughs> All like, of the above. Oh, I complain so much. I'm so good at the complaining part of it. Anyway. But
1: it's so funny how, like, parents do go along with it. Like, you'll complain, but. We'll still wake up at 5 a.m. and be in Temecula for a tournament. Like it it was just something we did.
0: Oh, yeah. We're all insane. Everyone's. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh it's absolutely. So silly. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> ridiculous. And
1: so silly. And
0: so what I ended up telling Arden is like I said, look, you have to see how this worked. So for my son, it elevated his the college he went into. Like my son, right. my son's a, a, a very good student but he's not an amazing student and he doesn't love school. He's not like that kid who's like, look at my perfect grades. I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> you know, like he, he gets very good grades, but he wants to be playing baseball. Right. And so baseball got him into, I, I have to say, I think he could have been accepted to most of the schools that were recruiting him, but he was being recruited by schools. He didn't have a chance of getting into academically. Okay. And baseball propelled him into that. Like it, it made up that last little bit of distance for him. He was close, but not right there.
1: Right, which is the goal, I think, of every parent putting their their kid through.
0: That makes sense to all me, that. Anna, and I would easily marry you if my wife wasn't <laughs> around because you seem like you are a very sensible person. But, mo- <laughs> but most people are like, there's glory, and this is going to happen in money. And I'm like, that's not what's going to happen. Like, No. Y- y- yeah, you hold yourself together a little bit. But so yeah. I say to Arden the same thing. I'm like, look, I think you're in a similar space where this could help you get over a hump when you're going into college. I said to her, I'm like, once you get in, I don't care if you quit the softball team 20 minutes later, which by the (laughs) way, no one should hear because then she will never get recruited if she tries to But But I'm like, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have to do it for four years.
1: Well, and I also think, yeah, I think it's a good thing, even if she gets there and she does want to do it for four years, like the structure it gives, the help with academics, like the team bonding. I went to college with no team and it sucked. I hated college. so, I mean, I think there's a lot of positives in having that going into college.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say that I've seen that with my son already in the first, like, five mm-hmm. years where he just showed up where people were already on his side. Yeah. And, and there was somebody there. There was a lot of value to it, and I believe there still is. But, okay. All right, so let's figure this out. So you go to college. You didn't like – so you didn't like – Hannah – the, the episode title is very close to Hannah doesn't like anything. Uh, but just,
1: so. I know. It's so true. I kind of am like that. I'm, I'm not a negative person, but I don't like a lot of things. I, I don't know. Here, I'll, admi-
0: kind of- I'll admit to something. I don't like food that much.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: I'm not on the same page I eat, so, I eat so I don't die. But at the beginning of the Jetsons where they cut, wow. that, they cut that pill in half, I'm like, oh, why can't someone invent that? Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, to force, wow. I forced myself to eat breakfast this morning. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it because I know I have to. And then I just took like – Oh my gosh. I, just, I
1: wish I was that way. I
0: scrambled two eggs and I put them in a wrap and I stood, <laughs> I stood and ate them like they were like a beef jerky stick. I was just like, let me just Ugh. get this in so I don't die. Yuck. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, okay. So you <laughs> didn't like swimming and you weren't good at it. You didn't like soccer <laughs> but you were good at it. I'm assuming you didn't like diabetes but you were pretty good at that. Um you went to college. You didn't like college. Why didn't you like college?
1: Um, just like I said, I was very sheltered, and I went to college six hours away from my house. I'd never been away from any family, any parents. I had no support system built in college. I kind of got dropped off. We all cried. <laughs> my parents left. It's very traumatic in my head, and I would call home like every night crying, like, come on, let me come home. And my, Again, my dad, very patient be like I can't do anything for you this is good for you it'll get better and it never really got better it was hard every single year going back <laughs> but I scratch marks
0: on the back of your dorm room door like probably
1: just... <laughs> no I scared my freshman year roommate I think she thought I had like a mental imbalance and was like do you need help do you want help like what it was just yeah it was traumatic do
0: you want a new roommate could you get the heck out of here
1: please <laughs> Probably. No, we're still friends. I think she got over that, but Good. yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird time in someone's life.
0: I thought when, when Cole left, I said to somebody, so I saw talking to my brother last night and I said to my brother, I'm like, it, it, it dawned on me pretty quickly that everything in his life, absolutely everything in his life changed in a, yep. in a split second. There was nothing the same when we got there that, that, you know, from the day before. He basically started being a person over again. It was,
1: yeah, it's it was, crazy. Yeah. It is. You're, you have to rebuild yourself. I came, there was one girl from my high school, which I went to a tiny Catholic all-girls school. So I was also coming from that environment, um, thrown into sort of the college environment where there's like a boy living next door to me. Yeah. And I have a communal bathroom, and my dinner is in the middle of campus, and I have to walk there to get it. Like it was just, everything was
0: different. No, I, I I see that. I also see on top of that, like my son is working so hard. They have a scrimmage coming up this weekend, and his whole life is being a starter in that scrimmage. He's like, if I'm yeah. a starter in that scrimmage, then that's how they think of me for the spring. And like, you could see all this, like, and and it's and he's a a really compassionate kid too. So he's like, I feel bad for the kids who I don't think have any shot. Like, I was like, oh my god, there's so much. <laughs> going on you, you, you know I'm like I really just have a podcast and then I do the dishes and then I go grocery <laughs> shopping that's my, my, my life is actually much easier but um but okay so you're off at college what were you studying
1: I went in as some sort of science major I don't even know what I thought I wanted I thought I wanted to be a doctor like everybody does um I quickly failed out of chemistry um I had to withdraw so that kind of if I couldn't get through that um, I couldn't get through a science major, so I was undecided for like a year and a half. And then I ended up being a
0: kinesiology major. Okay. Is it fair to like say, you, science. is it fair to say you didn't like chemistry? Yeah. That's uh, so definitely fair. Add that to the, I wish. I, yeah. I, I,
1: add it to the list.
0: Yeah. I actually should make a <laughs> list. Um, but, but okay. So how, how was, well, at that point. Hmm. Five years into your diabetes, were you still, you weren't still with your needles and your vials or were you? No.
1: So when I was in eighth grade, I got the Medtronic pump, mm-hmm. which was very quickly life-changing. Um, I learned that, um, I was on Medtronic for eight years and then I recently just switched over to T- the T-Slim with Tandem. So I've been on a pump.
0: The little flat one, the, the T-Slim.
1: Yeah. It has like a, uh, screen, a fancy screen and all of that.
0: And so you had a pump you're using and yep. so were you using the Medtronic, um, CGM?
1: No, no, no. I wasn't. My dad tried it to get me on, um, the Dexcom right when it first came out. Like the needle was so long, it would have freaked anybody out. And when it went in, it was the most painful thing ever. And I said, I'm never doing that again. So he really tried, but I said, I'm never doing that again. That is the worst thing. So I think that's why it also took me so long to get on the next Dexcom because I just started using it like two years ago.
0: Okay. So where did you start at the G5? I started the G5. G5. Okay. Are you still with the five now or do you have the six? So my daughter's in high school now and with high school comes different privileges, like being able to wander out of a class in the morning, go to the cafeteria and buy yourself some breakfast. And so what young girl wouldn't want to go down and get a big old chocolate chip muffin in the morning? So she sent me a text and said, Dad, I want to go get something to eat. I was like, right on, go. We made a little bolus based on what her Dexcom CGM said her blood sugar was, just to get a pre-bolus going. And then she got to the cafeteria. She says, I'm going to get this chocolate chip muffin. How big is it? I asked her. I don't know. It's pretty big. How big? I don't know. Big. How many carbs does it have? I don't know. It doesn't have a package. So based on historical knowledge that I have of my daughter, we bolused the amount of insulin that we thought was going to be right for this muffin. But we weren't correct. Not completely. And soon she needed more insulin. But how did I know that? Because the data coming back from her Dexcom CGM showed me a rise in her blood sugar. We were able to cut that rise off and put it to an end, bringing her blood sugar back down to where we wanted it. We did that remotely while she was at school and I was at home because the Dexcom has a share and follow feature that's available for Android and iPhone. It's amazing, right? My daughter got to try a completely new food on her own. She did not have to limit herself and it didn't drive her blood sugar through the roof because we were able to see what direction her blood sugar was moving and how fast it was going with the Dexcom G6. I want you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the links in your show notes to get started today with the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Your results may vary, but in my opinion, there's nothing better. I'm on a six. Okay. Okay. So you have a good perspective. So from that first Dexcom that you harpooned yourself with all, all <laughs> those years ago, and you were like, I hate this. and, and It was so bad. Right. Um and, and to now can you describe to people the difference between the G6 and the, and what you started with like all those years ago
1: I really can't because it, it was such an awful experience I only did it once and I said I'll never do that again gotcha. um, it, which I didn't I never let him try to put it on me again right. um but then I I think I started listening to your podcast and like online stuff um, about how far Dexcom had actually come so when I got the g5 and I still had my dad help me put it on it was I was like oh that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And then as you know, you see all these numbers and it's like uh, it's life-changing.
0: Right. And then the 6 is for you. Do you find it?
1: It's crazy. Close to painless. <laughs> it's Yeah, I can do it myself. So my I still live at home, so my dad was putting the G5 on me every single time I had to do it cuz I it freaked me out that clicking noise. I couldn't get over it. I can do everything else, but I couldn't get over the sensor, but I really wanted it. So yeah. he would do that for me and now I and do it myself, which I'm 25 and I feel really proud of it. Well,
0: you should, first of all, you should. And I think that that's amazing that he helped you. And then I, I think it also proves something that I say here a lot, which is some things just can't be rushed, right? Like, right. You know, like I every once in a while, I can feel the internet stares at me, right? <laughs> of the, yeah. well, you're involved in your daughter's maintenance, like, you know, like her moment to moment decisions. How, what, how is she ever going to learn it? And I'm like, well, she's mm-hmm. going to learn it the same way she learns everything else, like over time. Like, I, I always think of the kids have this great way at the beginning of the school year. They come home in the first couple of weeks and they're like, "This math class sucks. I'm not learning anything. The teacher's bad." And I'm like, okay. And then at the end of the year, they understand everything that they need to understand for that year. And I always, yeah. I always ask them. I always stop and point out, I was "Like, remember at the beginning of the year, you couldn't do this. Yes, I said you can do it now, right?" Do you remember right. the moment when you learned to do it? And they don't know. I said, because right. it took the whole year. It took little moments and little experiences and, and you know, failures and successes to build up this this new idea in their head. I think diabetes is the same way. I think that I trust that one day Arden's going to just sort of like you did with the needles, go, hey, you know what? I really do know how to do this. Like, it's okay. Like, go ahead. You know, she'll release me. You know, it'll be, it'll, she'll just be like, go ahead, it's run time. run around in the field till you die, which will probably be like a week and a half. Like, there's no way I'll make it much longer, you know? But, but it's just, it's, I think that's the idea that one day she'll be like, hey, I really do get this the way you get it now mm-hmm. and let's be done. And right. And I And I don't know why there has to be a rush to that. Like, why does it, why do people say, well... They're fifteen. They have to know. They're sixteen. They have to know. Like, wh- what's the big deal that you were twenty three and you were like, "All right, Dad, I'm going to pull my pants down now, and I need you to jam <laughs> this XCOM thing on me because I can't do it yet." And yep. and and look at you. Like it was the probably some time and some comfort, but then the technology moved on to a place where you thought, "Okay, well, I can do this myself."
1: Which, yeah, you know, I totally can. So,
0: <laughs> and I don't see that that's a problem. Like you joked about it. Like, oh, I'm 25 and I'm fine. I think that's great. I think it's fine. I think if your dad was willing to do it, then he's a great person and, and you are too for, for understanding you needed some help.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it worked for me, like at where I am in my life. Like it, yeah. I feel like Dexcom is moving on and all of that and I can move with it.
2: Right.
1: Um. And i actually feel really lucky that he wanted to do that and was like okay with doing it because like I said he has this awful fear of needles and he never once was like oh man I don't think I can do it like every time he came home from work I'm like please help me and he was always there to do it and I think he's happy too because I don't include him in a lot of diabetes management anymore so it's like a little thing we had. Listen, your dad,
0: um, is, your dad is willing to do anything for you, except listen to you and pick you, <laughs> and pick you up from college when you're crying on the phone. Yes. Other than that, he's right there. <laughs>
1: He'll answer the phone, which he continued to answer the phone. He just wouldn't come get me. He wouldn't come get me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think they hung up the phone afterwards? They're like, oh, this girl. Oh, my God. I hope the other two aren't like this.
1: <laughs> no. Well, yes. I'm sure they said that to themselves. But no, my mom was a mess too. So he was the only like sane one that could kind of talk us down.
0: I'll tell you right now, it's it's impressive because the other side of it is, I we were driving Cole to college. Like I was okay. Like it was a stoic kind of drive. Like people were pretty mm-hmm. quiet. But then you got there, and you you know you're making his bed and getting his stuff together and doing all the things he needs to do. And the the school's kicking you out in a couple of hours, They're not letting you stay right. Too long. And we're leaving, and I'm thinking, you know, like, don't be upset. Like, don't – he doesn't need to feel upset as we're leaving, you know, like that kind of thing. But still, when I hugged him, I was like – I started off with like, okay, like, we'll be back in a couple weeks for family weekend. And I ended with like, I love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just like, you know, and, and we're driving home, and I'm doing okay for like the first 45 minutes. And I'm driving along, and then suddenly – an amount of tears that is hard to put into words started. I wasn't crying, but my, they were flowing out of my eyes, down my cheeks. My, my shirt was wet. Like I just, and I wasn't crying. It was just, I couldn't stop it. And then I thought, (laughs) I thought, okay, like I'm going to stop this. Like I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to stop it. And I went to take a deep breath and I couldn't even draw in air. And when I tried, I started crying. And then I cried for like 20 minutes while I was driving the car. Not like, not like, Oh, woe is me, forehead, hand, like, you know, like, down south, southern bell crying. But I was just like, <laughs> like, the whole way. And all I could think was, why did I leave him there? I like, right. like, like, like felt like such a, like, I'm, like, I knew it was a great situation for him. I knew it was what he was supposed to be doing. But I couldn't get over the feeling that I shouldn't have done it. And then I had two incredibly weird thoughts. The one was that I hadn't done enough for him. Like, that I had missed opportunities to make him more prepared for the world. Couldn't shake that feeling. Okay. And then my father, who left us when I was 13. I was 13. My brother was eight. My other brother was three. My dad just bailed on us. Wow. And all I could think was, I don't know how he did that. Like, forget the bigger, like, existential question. I'm like, how did he bring himself to leave? And I thought, God, he must have really not liked us. Because, (laughs) like...
1: That's really bad I shouldn't
0: have laughed no no I'm laughing because like because i couldn't I couldn't fathom how he could have done that like no right. like right. because I could barely leave my son in the what is probably the best situation in the world for him where he's completely safe completely comforted doing things that he loves um and and yet i I felt like I was abandoning him. And and yeah. I, I just thought like wow, my dad must have had and I'm adopted by the way I'm proud to say that okay. I'm not I'm not attached to this feeling like through blood but I thought he must have or lack, my father must have had or lacked an, uh, something in his brain that let him feel that that stopped him because I I don't know how he could have done that it was it was astonishing um, but I I my wife's like do you want me to drive and I'm like I'm fine. <laughs> get home and everybody's all weepy and weird and it sort of feels like he died for some reason. Like it's, you know, it's very strange. And, uh, and then my wife finally goes, Kelly goes to bed, Arden goes to bed and I just go in my son's room and sit on the floor and cry for like oh. another hour. And then That's I go I've been a stay at home dad for like 18 years. To be fair, right. I'm pretty much a lady and so <laughs> a mom. And so I'm just like all broken up and everything. And, uh, and now it's better. It's like five or six weeks later and I don't cry anymore and it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: No time gives it perspective.
0: But your dad, de- what I'm saying is your father must've had, a, a, that's a ton of resolve because if my son started calling me and begging me to come home, I'd be like, see, I knew we made a mistake. I'm gonna- he
1: really, yeah, right he really thought it was like the right thing for me. Like he thought I had made the right decision. He believed it was, he thought, it- and it wasn't a bad place. Like nothing bad was happening to me. hmm. I just felt like I didn't fit in. It was just a lot of things. So I didn't eat. <laughs> I couldn't eat for like three weeks. It was just, yeah, it was traumatic.
0: Was was any of the I don't fit in feelings stemming from diabetes or was it just? No,
1: nothing? none were. I've never really had that like problem with diabetes where I feel like I'm different or outside. Like it just kind of is who I am. And with college, it wasn't a big deal until I wasn't eating. And then I was low all the time. And I don't think that helped with like hormones and, being in a new place, so I think it was just like everything factoring in.
0: And, and did it at any point get? I don't want to say better, but did you get accustomed to it? Was it?
1: Yeah, I definitely adjusted. It didn't mean I like wanted to be there or would have made the choice to be there if I if I didn't feel like the pressure to be there. Okay, for and, my own self
0: and kinesiology. <laughs> so you build connects. Is that what you do? Um, those uh, little toys, kind of similar. Is that similar? no? <laughs> Can you explain to everybody uh, what that is? It's
1: it's essentially sports science I did more of like the business side so it was a business major with an emphasis on sports mm-hmm. so I did the same thing for my master's um and I loved my major I felt lucky I like fell into it and that's kind of when I started finding people with similar interests who like sport and it could kind of branch out from there so it did get better like sophomore mid-sophomore year Um but uh, yeah it's just interesting.
0: And so now you work at a golf course. I'm assuming telling old, older men why their elbows hurt and things like that, or
1: no, I have nothing to do with golf. I just work on the event side. So we have a pretty nice facility. So I work on like selling that side of it and events happening.
0: Excellent. That's that's it's such an interesting path, right? Like very. Yeah, like it, it's it's a it's such a it's a great example for people. Like you were like maybe I'll be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. not that. No, it's not that. This, <laughs> And you and, and I would imagine that you felt supported to kind of go on that journey. And
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Out. I think yeah. it's incredibly important. Like we let our son is like, my son is incredibly strong at math, but I just said I'm like you don't have to pick going in. Just go in undecided. Take some basic math classes. Take some other stuff and figure mm-hmm. out, figure out what it is you want to you know where you want to land. I'm like, listen, don't by your sophomore year if you don't know them. He, I
1: hate days. that though. Like yeah. why should he at 18 have to figure out where he's going to land? Like that's the
0: yeah, – it's like, awful. Right, And I'll tell you right now <laughs> that the recruiting process for sports makes it worse because yes. at 18, it's unreasonable to ask somebody what they want to do for the rest of their life. By the way, I think it's unreasonable to ask me what I want to do for the rest of my life, but that's, that's <laughs> another decision. Um, but when you're you're recruiting, you start recruiting when you're 16 and coaches right. come up to you and they go, what do you think you want to do at school? And he's like, what? Like, like, it, was there an answer past hit a baseball for you? Because I <laughs> hadn't really thought about that. And and we always tried to be very, like, I would always say that to him. was like, look, you don't need to know. If these guys ask you, just tell them what you're strong at. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes those coaches just, uh, some of them aren't the most um, communicative people. Like, they're good at the stuff they're good at. Right. And when they, you spread out to like, hey, tell me about academics, it, it sort of, the conversation goes away a little bit, but he was lucky to find a place where, where that's not the case. He found a, a, a really good spot to land. So uh, that's awesome. And talk to coaches, and they're real people, and they have like all their thoughts. And uh, you know, like, <laughs> but it, there were some places where I was just like, I can't leave my son with you. Like that's how I felt while I was talking. I was like, right. I don't care how much right. you want him or how much money you're gonna give him. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable leaving my child with you. Uh, so. That's scary. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. The kids thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> the whole, like seriously, you're 25. Can I give you some great advice?
1: <clears throat> sure. Don't have kids? I think I've heard this from don't you. Don't
0: get married till at least you're 30 because you have no idea who you are and you don't know anything about yourself. And the kids thing is like dogs. They seem like a great idea when you're looking <laughs> – but then, when they're peeing on the floor, or you realize that you can't even ignore them for like a day because it's against the law, like like you know, like that's <laughs> when it gets a little cumbersome. Anyway, good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you good to know. Some boy, <laughs> some boy, one day is going to say something to you, and you're going to be like, "Oh my god, we're going to have a baby." <laughs> <laughs> that's when it's time to run away. But I don't want to adjust your life. You do what you want. I say live with your parents forever. They're probably thrilled you're there, honestly. The best. Uh, so diabetes, how's it going now? Like you're not, I mean, now you have a CGM, right? You said you see yes. you See the data.
1: Mm-hmm. What what did,
0: what did you see and what did you learn from that data for the last two years?
1: Um, I've learned it's scary to sleep at night and not have anybody check on you. Um, it's It's actually really scary to think about that I went, so long without it at night and Mm -hmm. it's not like i was setting alarms for myself i didn't have my parents in college and i was it's just it's very scary how many times i go low at night and i wonder how often that happened in the past and i didn't catch it how how long? um uh well with the cgm now it kind of catches it early Mm -hmm. so as soon as it starts like screeching at me i wake up and you know drink juice or something but if i go anywhere below like sixty five that's low for me and I can feel it and it's scary And you know, when I wake up I'm like oh I know something's wrong but in the past I've just slept through that
0: so let me get let me flip this around and give you a different perspective on what you just said so first of all I completely agree with what you said it's very scary to look up and go oh my gosh this is what's been happening and I had no idea but mm-hmm. here, here's the silver lining of that yet here you are <laughs>
1: right? right I question it sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like how did I how did I get here? I mean, it's great. Obviously it's the best part I'm here, but I, I just wonder what's been happening for 10 years without anything.
0: But no, I I absolutely hear you. But but my point is that sometimes I have a dual point. I disagree and I both (laughs) disagree with my point. Right. So I don't think you should be letting your blood sugar get low overnight. If you can help it, I don't think anybody should, but the fact that it's happened in the past and you're healthy and alive also has to bring comfort. It can't just bring fear. Yeah. Like it has to bring some comfort. I'm not saying that when your blood sugar goes to fifty, you should just be like, "Huh, I'm not doing anything about that," because that probably used to happen all the time, and I'm still fine. Like that's not the way I'm saying.
1: But it's like true. About. You're right. I've thought about that. I'm yeah. like, I wonder, like, what is my body fighting it? Like, do I only have so much fight? Did I use it all up? <laughs> I like, use I'm, up
0: my fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it worries me. I'm like, oh my god, now I'm weak because I depend so much on a sensor. So if I lose the signal. Like, I, I think about
0: these things. But you should but, – but that's where the comfort should come from. Like, that's where I would tell you that in a couple of, you know, years with more experience – like, the one thing I hear people talk – I'll use this as an example. People talk about, like, the Dexcom has a two-hour warm-up period. And people, mm-hmm. people say, oh, I'm so lost during that period. It's very scary. And I don't know. I'm like, what did you do before you had it? You lived your whole life without it. But you didn't know. And it's now – so now you know what might happen. But the more time you spend with the sensor – the more comfortable you're going to be that you can kind of imagine what is happening. Yeah. And, and so to kind of dovetail back around to what we talked about at the beginning before, right before you came on and we started recording about five or seven minutes before Arden told me it was lunchtime and we gave her an extended bolus, 10 and a half units extended 20% up front, which means about two units went in right away. And we were going to stretch the rest out of the over the hour. A few minutes later, as we know, she says, Oh my gosh, I'm completely wrong about when lunchtime is. We canceled the extended um, bolus. Um, I shut her basal off for like 20 minutes just to sort of, you know, horse trade a little insulin with those two units that we put in already. She comes back around and everybody heard we bolused uh, eight or so units instead. And you know what Arden's blood sugar is right now? It's 10.55 right now. She has an early lunch today. So she's been in lunch for 25 minutes. Do you have any idea what her blood sugar is?
1: Probably... Right around 100 I would guess
0: it's
1: 86 oh that's great it's
0: 86 and it's stable at one point we were 99 diagonal down while you and I were talking and 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 the point is is that I've seen these things happen so many times that I can tell you that this is where I expected her blood sugar to be even with all of the mess that was made and all of the adjustments and the insulin on and off and all the stuff that we did this was about my expectation. And there'll be a moment where you, in your life, and I think for everybody listening who has, you know, CGM technology, where you'll have seen it so many times that you can kind of know where your blood sugar is without looking. And that skill should then become comfort while your warm up period is happening. Or if you're 65 when you wake up and you can. Think it through for I know it's gotta be tough to wake up and then make decisions about your health. Like, can you tell me a little bit about that before I go on? Like, what's it like to be zapped out of sleep and then suddenly having to make good decisions about that stuff? Here's a great decision that you will not regret. Dancing4diabetes.com. Dancing the number four diabetes.com. Find them online, find them on Facebook, check them out on Instagram.
1: I mean, I would say I don't always make great decisions at that point. Um, I usually just, my hand springs out, I grab the juice box, I down it. I'm I'm not good at this. I probably shouldn't, but I sometimes don't even wait up to see if it's like going up. I mean, I drank the juice box, so I know it will. But usually then I'm just back to sleep if I can. So for me, it's very quick. I just, that's literally all I do.
0: And I would imagine that's what most people do. That, that it's, you're trying to, like, it's it's parents who have that different perspective. It's somebody who's right. taking care of somebody else who has that different perspective. Because, like, you're like, okay, well, now I'm awake. I'm aware of might ha- what might happen. So I'll just answer my emails or, like, listen to some mm-hmm. or, 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 or music or something. I'll stay up for 20 minutes to check. And that becomes problematic because... Most of the times you stay up, and then what you expect to happen happens, and you realize right. oh, I could have gone back to sleep, right, right? Right. And instead, now you're wide awake, and it's three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" <laughs> but I was just thinking, moreover, like it, uh, to, to me, it's like the idea of like if I walked up to you, punched you in the side of the head, and then asked you like an algebra problem.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair, but it's also because we've done it so many times. I think. You kind of lose the shock, okay. except for the sound that my phone makes this awful, awful sound for low blood sugar. And I cannot, I can change it, but nothing else will wake me up. But I spring out of bed, like my head hits the ceiling. It's so scary. And it's, it's good because literally any other ringtone will not wake me up. So for me, Is that
0: the four beeps, low alarm.
1: No, uh, yeah, it, I think it is that one where it's like
0: screeching. Yeah, the da 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 like that one? It's
1: more than four, though. oh. I oh. swear it's like six.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Is that the one where it's trending down with the arrow? I don't... Oh,
0: the one that's like, the one that's basically, you can hear in the tone, oh my God, you're going to die, please do something.
1: Yes, yes, and it's <laughs> awful, but it's the only thing that gets me up. So, I'm awake, and I know I am, and I've also slept, I have slept through that, which is like a... It freaks okay, me out, but yeah, I can I too, right? Yeah. My mom comes panting on my door like, are you okay? I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, I
0: just want to sleep. Hey, wait, is this it?
1: Yeah. but I, Oh yeah, that's it. But I swear there's like extra beeps at the end, but it could just be my sleep. It's been going <laughs>
2: off or something.
0: Well, I don't know. Does it, does your mom's beep too?
1: No, God, no! I don't share any data with any of them. Okay,
0: I was gonna say, like, is it echoing from like other parts of the house? I just, by the way, I just you can you can make this do this, so I just pushed the button. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um, Arden's blood sugar is still eighty six, but but oh, so you don't share your data, your data with her? I don't. How come? With
1: I don't share it with anybody. I don't. I don't want to depend on them, and I also like don't want them to know what my blood sugar is because when I'm like mean or something, I was like, your blood sugar is high. And I'm like, leave me alone. Like, you don't know my life, but she's usually right. Okay. So I just don't want to like give her that satisfaction that she's right.
0: You don't If know. that makes
1: sense. Well, not
0: only does it make sense, but you don't know my life just jumped ahead of <laughs> Hannah Hates Everything is the title
1: the episode, so <laughs> It's that's, that's my life. But I don't, I guess for me, it's weird. It would be weird for them to have that data on their phone. Like, it, it doesn't sound like a bad idea, but to me, that's not going to be helpful to me. That's never been
0: your relationship, though, with diabetes Right, that. true. Right. They've always just sort of been in the background being like, hey, you can do it. And um, Yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. exactly. Now, do you think if you got into a situation, do you think you could reach out to them if it happened? Like, say you were, I don't know, going away for business for a couple of nights and you were like, look, mom, I'm going to be by myself in a hotel room, so I'm going to. I'm going to let you share my data, but please, I just want to hear from you. If I get below this,
1: I guess I could, I've never really, I haven't thought about it like that. My parents are gone a lot. Like they travel and they go see my sisters in college and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I am home alone often, which does give me a little anxiety because I've never lived alone. There's always been, I've had roommates and then I moved home. So I've, there's always been somebody around. So, I mean I, I actually really like that idea. I've never really thought about it as more short term as mm-hmm. opposed to long-term sharing.
0: But yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, I've said a number of times here, like the you know, everything we talk about is, you know, with the caveat that I'm helping Arden or that I'm around or I'm watching. And for right. for, for adults who do live by themselves, that adds a level, I would think, of anxiety that I can't in any way understand. Like it, yeah. it, it must be it must borderline on crippling at times.
1: Yeah. It's not something that I'm interested in obviously like approaching right now. And it does give me anxiety to even think about it.
0: Right. Where do you try to keep your blood sugar? What's your goal?
1: Um, I would say like 80, 85 is like my long-term goal, but I've found, I mean each, like I said, each chapter of my life has brought different struggles with blood sugar. And I've also had different ideas of where I want that blood sugar to stay. Um, Right now where I am with work, for me, it's hard because I have a lot of client visits. So, like, mid-client visit, if I'm feeling low, um, or if I know I'm spiking, like, it's not like you can just be like, hey, sorry, like, I have a low blood sugar. I'm going to go, like, drink some juice. You know, like, I have to... I'm still figuring out how that looks. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a weird thing where I'm not always at my desk, where I'm not always by my phone, which is where my blood sugar, where my Dexcom is. Do you think... So it's a,
0: do you Go think ahead. that in a world where you're standing around an event table or something and trying to sell somebody on coming in and using your eye space or something like that's just what I'm assuming you're talking about mm-hmm. and, and you got like a little vibration on a watch or on a phone and you and you looked down and saw that your blood sugar was heading up do you think if you could bolus through your phone and know yes. you would do that then
1: a hundred percent I've thought I've actually like I don't think about it often, but more than once I've thought about it, that it'd be so much easier to act like I'm texting somebody and like be texting my phone Mm -hmm. uh, or not texting my phone, texting my pump, what to do as opposed. I wear my pump. So it's connected by a tube. um, I wear it in my bra, like right between the middle. Like that's where it stays every day. That's like where my comfort place is. So to pull it out, it's a little bit awkward because I'm like, reaching into my shirt to pull my pump out.
2: Yes, I see so that. So for
1: me, that's all, also awkward. So it's not like I would do that in front of a client, like pull that out mm-hmm. correct and then like shove it back in. So
0: When I'm doing the Omnipod <laughs> ads and sometimes I'm like, you don't have to stuff it in your bra or like you, right. you sit in your car going, oh,
1: yeah. So I've yeah. thought about it and I just yeah. got a new pump in January. So I had the t Slim for four years and I had to make my decision of what, where I was going next. Right. And I, like, I was considering all options because I'm – super open. I'm not like sold on one way or the other. Um, And I'd heard all about your Omnipod. But for me, it just like the Dexcom is enough to get questions about. Um, I feel like not that I have to hide it, but it's much easier to like conceal my pump and my pump site. And I just that Omnipod is so big. So that's just my hesitation. I don't want that on my arm. And then I get all these questions, which isn't a big deal, but I think I'm over it.
0: Yeah, Arden wears Sometimes. hers like in her on her stomach or her legs, mm-hmm. and, and I, I can't remember the last time she put it on her arm. Actually,
1: it's okay, been
0: years and years. But I hear I hear what you're saying. Like, like there's only so much bandwidth you have for explaining what something is to somebody.
1: Yeah, and I like to explain. Like, I think it's yeah. great to educate somebody on on what this is, what this disease is, but it's just not something I want in my everyday life.
0: Yeah, so. I, I absolutely hear that. I, I think too the Omnipod just is about to release the controller that now will
1: yeah you know like I
0: heard an that. Android phone and I think that's a big deal because I didn't I don't always you can't think of everybody's perspective and like you just gave me one that's different than mine you, you know yes. and so I'm like wow that's so interesting and I and now I'm thinking that thing that looks more like a phone that is more valuable for someone like you and then what happens when now your data is together and on that little thing is your, right. your XCOM kind of information and your ability to bolus. And I'm like, oh, the, the future is, is gonna fix so many issues for so many different people. Right. Like I just it's exciting that it's it's coming faster. It
2: is
1: actually it's a really exciting it was so I felt so stuck in the past, like in high school and college, like this is what I'm resigned to, this is how it's gonna be. And then with the DEXCOM, it's just brought so much light to managing the disease that I'm excited for what comes next.
0: I, I think it's important to stay open minded to advancements because you just Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to be the person who looks up in a decade and it's like, oh, I didn't know anybody was doing this, you you know, which,
1: yeah, to bring this background. So my mom was recently diagnosed and she is a hundred percent against anything with technology. She doesn't want to hear it. So she does pens solely. I've like tried to talk her into letting me put a a Dexcom on her. I've tried to like educate her more on the pump Mm -hmm. because I've always managed my diabetes with the pump. So she's not super educated on it but i've like i've tried to talk to her about this stuff and she is so against it And that makes me sad for her but she's also 53 now and like she has to make her own decisions about handling this disease and it's, it's different but it's very frustrating
0: do you think you could get her to listen to ryan's episode and then his mom's episode
1: yeah, I I think she would be open to
0: it. Yeah. I think I can I, see how that would change her well, how or help. how soon how long since she's been diagnosed? 2 years ago in November. Oh, so she's pretty far into it.
1: Yeah, she's not it wasn't like it was last month or anything like now she's got it down she's actually doing really well with the pens and just the meter, mm-hmm. but I just feel I know there's so much more for her that would help her manage the disease. Um So for me, it's just frustrating that she's not 100% open to it.
0: I'm telling you right now, you don't even like your mom's re- your reaction to her diabetes. I
1: know, right? Can you believe it? I, you and I would be so great <laughs>
0: together. I know it's creepy because I'm like 25 <laughs> years older than you, but we would just sit around and complain about things all day and we'd be so happy. Uh, I know. <laughs>
1: it's really who I am though. It's my true colors. That's
0: <laughs> amazing. I'm so, I'm, I'm so thrilled. That, because you, he, let me say, and we're way past an hour, but I used up a bunch of your time in the beginning, so I don't care. But... um. <laughs> But, but but it's interesting because if people really listen to you, you're like I don't really like this. I don't like this. But you're a very upbeat, happy person. Yeah, like, you just have I, definite I, opinions about some things.
1: I do. I'm very, opi- uh,
0: I'm very opinionated. That's amazing too. I like that a lot. I take back wanting. To, I like. I, I take back wanting to be coupled with you because I know eventually, <laughs> eventually you would have opinions about me, and I'd be like, oh god. Uh, I
1: know that's kind of scary. That's true.
0: <laughs> do you, are you are you dating?
1: Um, no, not currently. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I say, I, just...
1: I mean, to me, I, I feel like this disease also brings that next layer for that where, and I see it online. Like, it's also amazing what Instagram can do with like what people post about their lives. And I follow moms of type one diabetics. I follow people who are the same age as me. And I see that. And I see some of them who are married um, or have that boyfriend. And it's kind of like, they understand it. Yeah like, I've seen them get up with them in the middle of the night and that sort of thing. So, for me, like, it just adds a whole other layer to dating.
0: And, And have you dated people where it hasn't gone well?
1: No, it's never been, no. It's never been, like, a bad thing. But I've also, it's more felt like, oh, they don't fully understand it.
0: And then do you not want to bring them into the understanding? Or you do and they don't want to come in? Or what's your finding been?
1: I don't know. I... I am kind of that person where I'm like I can do it myself, so I'm not gonna bring you in. But I've tried to make that extra effort to bring them in. Um, I don't know, no, just I the wrong person. No, I no I. It, it <laughs> seems
0: I I can I see it like I I can't imagine like I always tell people when you find somebody like there's been people on before who like help their spouses. hmm Yeah. I'm like, I'm like those are special people like that's really yes. amazing. And I, I've also talked to people who are like I right, listen. My wife's not involved in this. This is my thing. I have it. My husband's not involved with this. Everyone has their own right. feelings about it, which are all incredibly valid. Um, but I was just wondering for you, like, does it actually make – so you don't, like, think about dating and then think, oh, I don't want to get involved in this because of my diabetes? Is that
1: no, your... No, no that, that I've never had that. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, you're not going to no. meet a lot of young guys at a golf course. That's a wow. – <laughs> zero yeah you'd be like you're gonna come home one night and you'd be like old guys mom it's hannah it's my friend bill he's 63
1: you don't even know how accurate that honestly is my mom's always like find a cute boy i'm like you don't understand none of them are under the age of like 50 and they don't work and like it's just really funny (laughs)
0: find she a get it. Find a cue point. <laughs> you should answer your mom with everything when she says find a cue point. You should go get a CGM.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I <tried. laughs> That would be a good one.
0: We can go back and forth about this for quite some time. But at the same time, I'm about to have uh, you know, we have people on a lot who use, you know, injections, don't have technology mm-hmm. and are doing yeah. are doing very well too. But I think you Your perspective is like mine, where you got a CGM, and then you were like, oh, gosh, here's all the things that were happening I didn't know were happening. I wonder what else was happening that I didn't know what was happening. And then you must look at your mom and think, I wonder what's happening to her that we don't know.
1: I do. I really do wonder sometimes. Um, But, like, I can only make guesses, and I also don't want to interfere on her handling it. But, like she never could fully understand what a low blood sugar was. Like when I was growing up and I'd be like disoriented and
2: I'm
1: yeah, sure. um, shaking all that. And she would, just could never like totally figure it out. So when, with her experiencing it, it was like a whole new light. And now when she's like it, I'm like, see, now you know how I feel. And I just like, it's so nice to not nice. Cause obviously I would never wish that on her or on anybody, right. but for her to realize those high blood sugars, yeah, I'm being short, but it's also, I can't help it. Like right. I'm,
0: no, it, I'm it, doing changes the best I your, can. it changes the the makeup of how your brain works when your blood sugar is high. For sure, Yeah. And, and there's only so much. I was Novo had these glasses that I think they gave to doctors' offices that kind of mimic a low blood sugar. Oh, and, interesting. And I, I got to put them on in a room with some people who had diabetes. Some people were like, "Yeah, it's a, it, it, like it's doing a good job of of mimicking it, but still, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't give you the it doesn't give you the actual physiological right you know, like, like issues. Uh, I like that you said it was nice that she knows now because I completely understand what you mean. Like it is – it'd be great if if everyone with diabetes could snap their fingers and give their loved ones or their family like a real perspective.
1: Just like a second of feeling a low blood sugar because it's – yeah, it's just such a unique experience.
0: Yeah. No, I I just – there's times when you see it happening to someone and – and I've seen it happen to Arden where I like, it's all you can do to like stop yourself from just being overwhelmed by like, mm-hmm. the sadness that you feel for them because yeah. it's, it's such a, I don't know. It's, it's just such a helpless thing to watch somebody else go through.
1: Yeah. And I can, not well, I can, cause I see with my mom now, but not so much helpless, but like looking from the outside in, it must be so weird to see somebody like overtaken by that. Yeah. It's a good it's word. I don't know. It's so weird.
0: You really are overtaken by it. What does success look like moving forward with for you with diabetes? Like what are you what are you hoping to accomplish in the coming weeks and months? Where are you going with all this?
1: I mean, short term, my goal is always to keep my blood sugar more in, like I said, that eighty five range. Um, but long term for me is just moving along with the technology. I'm so thankful for what I have now, but like I said um, a little while ago I I just can't wait to see where it goes. And sometimes I get antsy and I'm like, why can't it just happen now? But um, like the G6 and things like that help and make it easier to keep a positive exp- or a positive outlook on it.
0: Yeah. If it helps you at all. I, and I just said this to somebody recently, but it won't be on the podcast for a long time. The, the, <laughs> the um, sorry, everybody I record ahead. I, I'm not apologizing for that. Um, uh, I, uh, that the frequency in which things are getting better is so incredibly sped up over how it was even 5 or 6 years ago definitely over a decade ago it used to be oh someone came out with a new meter this is very exciting and then nothing would happen for a year and a half and then somebody right. else would be like we have a new meter too and i'm like and, and and like this is it like that was how technology grew um and all of a sudden and i do i do credit dexcom with it because i think dexcom came into the space and they were like we're going to keep advancing this stuff quickly yeah. it pushed everyone else to do it along with them. Um, and now you're getting, hey, you know, from all these companies, like we have, you know, low basal suspend. We have, you know, low IQ, whatever the tandem calls that thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Medtronic's got this thing and Omnipod's coming out with the Horizon and the Dash is coming. And, and you know, it's – stuff's happening really quickly. Um, and some of it's incredibly valuable. So uh, I think you're going to get your wish. I think in the next couple of years – Things are going to be. I know people with diabetes are used to hearing, "This is going to get cured in five years." I'm not talking about. That, <laughs> right. Nobody's curing nothing, as far as I can tell. But, right. Uh, but what I do think is that these advancements are coming, and they're they're not just little advancements anymore. They're they're, they're giant leaps. So yep. it's a very exciting time. You you got di- You got diabetes at just the right time.
1: I Did I? <laughs> I can see the before and the
2: after.
0: Yeah, well, well, yeah, because your before is not terrible, and your after, no. and your after is going to be amazing. At least you're not like I used to have to pee on a thing and set it on fire, and then we you mm-hmm. shoot it to the moon, and when it comes back, you had your budget, <laughs> like because like, it, you know that. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to have a really good perspective um, yeah. in, in a number of years. So, well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. I want to thank Hannah for not hating the Juicebox podcast. She hates everything else, but she loves the show. I appreciate her coming on and sharing her story and having this long and fantastic chat with me. I also appreciate the patronage of DancingForDiabetes.com, Omnipod, and Dexcom. You can go to MyOmnipod.com forward slash Juicebox, Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox, DancingTheNumberForDiabetes.com, or you can go to JuiceboxPodcast.com, and all the links are right there. You know where else the links are? in your show notes, to your podcast player. I had planned on sharing some exciting news about something that's coming up really soon on the podcast with you right here. But this episode was already much longer than you're normally used to. So you'll probably have other things to go get ready for. I'll just tell you next week. It's not a big deal. You'll find out then. How do you keep a podcast listener in suspense?